0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu one of the big names in Paul Bunyan country on the big show today, Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Services. in. He's got a lot of great information about walleyes, bass, panfish, and everything else biting in this area. Plus, he just got back from a great trip to Alaska, so we hear some Alaska salmon talk and, of course, a fast five. It's all coming up. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, You just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bank. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me, cause I'm fishing on Bunyan
1: Country. Today, This is
0: Bro reminding you that the coolest people are on fishing on your Country, and Kev Jackson, too. Well, we've got Tony Roach on the show today, which is a great, great thing. Um, he's, he's a very popular guy, tough guy to get a hold of. Glad we could have him today. Tony, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. So uh, we're going to talk about all the great fishing in our area soon enough, but uh, Tony just recently got back from a, a trip to Alaska, and I think for anglers, um, and for hunters for that matter, um, that's pretty close to heaven, right?
1: Oh, it's just God's country up there. It's just beautiful. Pictures don't do it justice. The fishing's incredible. Uh, you know, like we were saying off air, I wish I had a month. I would spend a whole month in Alaska. It's my my dream. Uh, at some point in my life, that's what I want to do.
0: <laughs> and so, you, you know, you go up there, and this is the time to go, right, because, um, because you get the salmon runs, and that's just uh, – It's just something we we can't possibly expect to uh, duplicate here in our neck
1: of the woods. Yeah, the salmon runs are incredible. You know, I enjoyed being out in the boats and catching halibut, catching salmon on the boats. But to have, uh, you know, 200,000 sockeye running up the river the day we were fishing, uh, it's just something you can't experience. I mean, I was with my son. And there's literally salmon jumping all around us. We're catching salmon. You're in a mountain setting. Uh, You know, everybody talks about the combat fishing. And, uh, yeah, there was certainly a lot of anglers, but nothing like, you know, the combat. I mean, we didn't have anybody within 100 yards each way of us on the stream. And everywhere you looked, you know, up and down the stream, across the stream, there were some anglers on the Russian River. And at any given point, you can look, and someone's hooked up, on a salmon. As a matter of fact, when I stopped at the stream, I stopped and talked to a couple local guides that were getting ready to launch their drift boats. And I just asked them, I said, hey, you know, is there any stretch of the stream here that's better? And he's like, Hey man, 200,000 sockeye just hit the sonar today. Cause they have sonars that go across the stream. He's like, you're going to catch them anywhere you go up and down this stream. And he was right. I mean, they were just everywhere. You know uh, the thing about fishing, you know, for sockeyes in particular, they use like a floss rig. So we were using flies with a light sinker, and you kind of flip it up current, and then you walk it down, and it's sort of a timing thing, right? And you got to get, you got to present that fly, so it it works perfectly down the current. Otherwise, you end up snagging them, and if you snag them, you got to throw them back. And it takes a little bit to get that timing down, but. I fell in love with it. I, I I could have sat there for three days. I you know, I told my wife, "I'm like, you can just leave me here <laughs> and the rest of the vacation." I catching salmon like that in a stream. It was just a dream come true because you know I had been up to Alaska before, but we were fishing silvers and different streams. The, when I went up last time, the runs were almost over. It was kind of late August, early September, and so we did more ocean fishing. And this time. You know, I really wanted to key in on that Kenai area, uh, Russian River Soldatna, and fish a little bit there before we went out ocean fishing. And it was heaven, absolute heaven. It was so much fun. I mean, if, if anybody hasn't an experienced that, I, I highly recommend it.
0: I mean, other than it's fish and you've got a rod and you're throwing bait into the water, you can't really compare it to any other kind of fishing. It's a really unique experience.
1: It reminds me of, okay, I used to love to go down to southeastern Minnesota and catch trout. It's like that, only you're in a mountain setting, and they're not trout. They're salmon. They're monstrous. So when you hook up on them, uh, you know you've got a fish there. It's not like catching a a 12-inch rainbow or brown. I mean, you're catching sockeye salmon in the river. Um, That was the run when I was there. I can't imagine catching those big kings. You know, we caught kings out in the ocean, the king run was pretty much done when we were there, but I can't imagine catching a forty-pound king in those rivers. I mean, it, it's just—it's amazing. It's—it's it's just, yeah, it's something so unique that um, I just—I can't stop thinking about it ever since I got back.
0: <laughs> how old is your son, and how—and could he handle it?
1: Yeah, he's fourteen. Okay, uh, he was totally into it. Um, you know, it took him a little bit longer to get the timing down right. Um, you uh, know, telling them you gotta, you gotta kind of, you kind of put your back to the, to the current, right? And then you flop over your shoulder at like a 45, and then you walk that fly down. And then as soon as you get, I would say another, you know, 45 degrees past you, then you pull it, and then you flop it again. And so you're not really casting; you're, you're just, you're flopping it, right? And so it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of anglers like using fly rods and then with a spinning reel, because you get that length. And it's really important to have the right power and action rod um, to do the proper um, flop with the floss rigs. You know, you need something in like that 8- to 9-foot range rod, um, obviously something that's medium-heavy. Um, you, want, you want sort of a softer tip, but you need a lot of backbone. And then you absolutely need a reel with good drag you know a really nice quality reel with good drag we were using like 20 pound braid with uh 17 pound fluorocarbon leaders is what we were using and uh yeah when you hook up on those things they're nothing but muscle i mean they came out of the ocean they're powerful they're in the current uh it's just it's incredible
0: so did you bring your own gear or is that such so specialized you needed to get some stuff there
1: no, um, I, we did pack our own gear, um, uh, a buddy of mine's brother lives in Anchorage too, so we stopped by his place prior to, you know, when we got up, we wanted to visit with them, and, and he's an avid angler, he's got his own float plane, they go all over and fish, and uh, he kind of keyed us in on spots to look for and where to try, you know, there's websites out there that'll tell you, you know, how many salmon are in the rivers those days, you know, the 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 regulations change a lot in alaska so you really got to kind of pay attention to where you're at you know the river we were we were on you could use any sort of fly or yarn rig or anything but the gap on your hook had to be three-eighths of an inch uh three-eighths of an inch or less on the gap and that's really important because they don't want you snagging the salmon they want you catching them in the mouth and, and uh yeah so having the right the right gear we did swing by uh a local tackle shop and picked up some flies and you know I, I'm a fish head so I I like going into tackle shops <laughs> anyway so it was great just to talk to a few of the guys there and uh, we had talked to a couple anglers that were kind of shopping at the same time and they helped us out as far as sinker style and different things so yeah it was just a fun experience you know that's what's cool about the angling community it doesn't matter if you're in Alaska in Minnesota. You know, everybody's willing to talk and share information, and they're excited to be there. And so it, it was a great experience from from the time we bought our licenses till the time we were on the streams, even out in the boats. The, the charter captains were extremely helpful as far as, you know, techniques that they use up there. They were uh, – they love Minnesotans because Minnesotans fish. So when I booked my charter, you know, I got there in the morning, and uh, – They asked, oh, where are you from? We said, oh, Minnesota. They're like, great, we got fishermen on the boat today. (laughs) They love people from Minnesota.
0: I bet, I bet. And then you did get a little ocean fishing in, too.
1: We did, yeah. We caught halibut. Um, We fished halibut one day. It was me, my wife, my daughter, my son. We had an excellent time halibut fishing. We fished with a guy that he's been fishing in Alaska since 1984, uh, he's from Boston And uh, you know he fishes out there He also fishes a lot in Florida And The guy was extremely Well full of knowledge as far as Alaska and where to go and restaurants And what to check out and uh, Just a great captain to have For the family and it didn't take Long to get our halibut I can tell you that We went out we got our you know they have a slot limit On halibut you can have one Over a certain size one under We got our overs on a spot and uh the fishing wasn't one after another but we got bigger ones and then he took us to a spot where they call where chicken ranch where there's lots of smaller ones to get our unders and i mean i'm telling you kevin it was as fast as you could get it down there we're all hooked up at once on on halibut it's like chaotic you know it's just (laughs) and if you if you're you're reeling them up from 180 to 200 feet so you know you're fighting these things basically on a pool queue and uh yeah it was a blast and of course you know halibut are just excellent table fare we've we've been eating halibut since we left alaska when we we're up in alaska we ate halibut and we're still we just grilled out some halibut last night uh it's just a great eating fish um, yeah fun memories
0: so did you have to buy a new freezer you know to store everything
1: Uh, just about Uh, (laughs) you know it's nice because the captains there there's these fish processing places you bring them in there they'll uh they'll package them they'll freeze them and then they put them in these 50 pound boxes so you can get them on the plane you know each box they'd set at 49 pounds so yeah we brought back just piles of fish from alaska matter of fact we didn't know in our rent a car if we were able to get we had like a little tiny suv and we thought we we're we're gonna to have to leave our luggage behind because we had so much fish packed into this little car.
0: So you are set to go. I mean you you don't even have to catch another fish for the rest of the year. You're you're good to go, probably.
1: No, we've got plenty of fish at home. I told the kids I'm like, we're gonna to continue to eat salmon and halibut because deer season's coming. We we need the freezer space.
0: <laughs> got a lot more to cover with Tony Roach. When we come back, he will tell us what's going on in Paul Bunyan Country Waters. I'm Bruce Sheen at
1: Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge.
0: If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu.
1: I'm Chuck Haffey, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
0: Got a great show going today. Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Service is my guest. So, Tony, you're back in Minnesota. You're out fishing in our lakes again, and you you noted before we went on the air, you know, it's been a cool water year, which is actually really good news if you want a good bite because that, that bite has really extended, and we've had a really good walleye season this year.
1: Oh, it's been excellent, Kevin. I mean, everywhere I go, you know, it seems like the fishing is still incredible. I mean, we're still catching fish along the shoreline breaks. Um, you know, fish aren't really that deep. There's a lot of fish along the weed lines. Um, you know, I fish all over Brainerd Lakes area, Mille Lacs, Leech, Winnie. And everywhere I've gone, it's just been excellent fishing this summer. I mean, every trip is like a dream come true. It's not like the dog days of summer, you know. it's It's just been really, really good fishing. I mean... I will have to say that having a forward-facing sonar does help, but regardless, (laughs) everyone I talk to, they're still catching them. I mean, it's it's been a great summer, unlike last year. Last year, things got really hot, and I don't like fishing deep fish um, this time of year or any time of year. I don't like killing fish, especially, you know, big walleyes when they go out into that 30, 40 feet of water. I just don't target them, and uh, this year, you don't have to. You don't have to get out there and and kill fish the fish are right along the weed lines the bait's still up in the water column they're aggressive they're feeding i was just i just got off the water now and it's, it's incredible the, the fish are biting it's, it's awesome
0: you know and then not only are we getting a good solid bite this summer but everything i'm hearing is we've got a lot of good year classes really in most lakes right now
1: it is i think uh from top to bottom most lakes uh you know we're in a good place um seeing fish of all sizes uh you know like I said all around the Brainerd Lakes area it seems like even some of these smaller bodies of water that I haven't fished in a while seeing lots of good keeper size fish smaller ones big ones um I go to Leech Lake, Winnie, Mille Lacs, a lot of, everything seems really healthy you know Mille Lacs, finally we're getting big time bait fish numbers which that lake needs in a big way it's been a lot of years since We've had good perch numbers, and I think anglers are going to start to see this winter uh, perch numbers ramp up, uh, something that we haven't seen for close to a decade, and that's all because of these young of the year perch. We've had a couple of good perch hatches, and it's really, really helped that fishery. It's slowed fishing down as of late, and late in the sun season here. That'll pick back up in the fall, but these walleyes are healthy. You're starting to see jumbo perch. That's one thing I love on Mille Lacs ice fishing is catching those big jumbos. There's only a few lakes in Minnesota where you can get those true jumbos, those 14-inch perch, and Mille Lacs is one of those destinations. But we just haven't had the perch numbers for, like I said, over 10 years. So I don't think we're going to get a lot of those big perch this season. But in the next couple seasons, it's going to be back on the radar of a lot of ice anglers where it's going to be a great perch destination once again
0: if we're out fishing right now what what's really the number one presentation we should be doing
1: uh you know i'm finding a lot of fish along the weed line so you know targeting them with slip bobbers works excellent uh mornings and evenings obviously they're slipping up a little bit higher in the water column or if you get a day where it's you know overcast some wind you know, definitely they're working those, those points and stuff. Also, bottom bouncers, spinners, crawlers, those are all good presentations. You know, I try to base it on the lake itself. You know, some of these lakes, it's really extremely hard to fish. Let's say a night crawler, for example, because there's so many bluegills and perch and that sort of thing if you're trying to target walleyes. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll change to a slip bobber and a leech. Another thing that I like to throw are jigs and plastics. I throw a lot of plastics. Um, depending on water clarity and the type of forage in the lake there's a there's a wide variety of plastics out there that I use but I tend to use a lot of paddle tails um, in the weeds especially now that the weeds are up in the water column Um, I'll lighten up my jig presentation throw it out there and then let that thing float through the weeds and then just snap jigging that hair jigs also work really well I love hair jigs you know I grew up in the plastics generation I've really fallen in love with hair jigs, especially over the last, I'd say, two to three years because there's so many good hair jigs on the market nowadays. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, it was tough to find good hair jigs, but anglers have fallen in love with hair jigs again. I have absolutely rely on hair jigs, not just for walleyes, but smallmouth bass. I use a lot of marabou jigs and that sort of thing. Um, So some of those lighter jigs, Another thing is if you're not comfortable with plastics, if you're not comfortable with artificial baits, you know, just a light jig and a leech, sometimes you can just pitch it up in there, work it through the weeds. It remains pretty weedless. Um, You can use weedless type of jigs. There's lots of different weedless uh, jigs on the market. They work great. You know, um, your standard live bait rig, uh, roach rig, Lindy rig type of thing doesn't necessarily work in the weeds. However, some of these fish that are on the outside edge of the weed line uh, rigging chubs this time of year, it's going to get better and better as we get towards fall. And if you've never done like rigging big creek chubs or red tails, it's it's, it's one of my favorite things to do come September. Uh, just the way the minnows act and how the fish aggressively hit those minnows, It it's hard to be.
0: Um, as... as uh You've, you've been out on the lakes this year, you've been looking around, you, you, you know, you've know you been doing this for years. Tell me anything you're seeing out there that might concern you besides AIS. We all know about AIS. Is there anything else out there you're seeing that's got you a little concerned right now?
1: Well, It's just the fact, you know, I've been using forward-facing sonar, and really the fish can't hide. Like, I can find them anywhere, whether they're um, up in the water column. Just the other day, we were catching walleyes that were... Over 30 feet of water, but they were only eight feet down. They were chasing schools of bait fish up in the water column. Well, those are fish that I would have never targeted had I not had some sort of forward-facing sonar. And now with that technology, I can hunt down those fish anywhere we want. And you know, just as an angler and uh, being conservation-minded, you know, I it's my livelihood to make sure that we have good fishing for years to come. I have kids that love to fish. I can't wait. So my kids are older and have kids and grandkids and take them fishing. I want to make sure the quality of fishing in Minnesota stays the same. Um, You know, and and as far as forward-facing sonar, I mean, I can hunt down packs of crappies, bluegills, it doesn't matter, bass. I catch a lot of bass in the weeds. They stand out. You can catch those fish at a pretty rapid rate. And uh, my only concern is that, you know, over-harvest starts to take over as soon as, That technology is more widespread, gets more refined. I mean, where do we go from here as far as sonar technology? I just want to make sure that we have good fishing for years to come. I like harvesting a few fish. I love having a fish fry, don't get me wrong, but I love fishing. I like catching. And so having a quality fishery over a fishery that has lots of harvest potential, that's what I'm after. So, you know, some of these lakes that have um, special regulations for bluegills and crappies i seek i seek those lakes out because that's what i want to do i i want to go catch fish it's not that i want to harvest a whole bunch of them i want to catch fish and so i think just as, as anglers and sportsmen you know we just have to be aware of the power of mapping technology sonar all of the all of the tools that we have in the tool chest now to catch these fish that you know we make sure that you know we're being conservation minded about it too it's just like i said earlier you know i don't like targeting fish that are over 30 feet um you know smallmouth bass in the fall start to go out to these wintering holes i just don't chase them out there uh walleyes that go deep uh in summer months i am just i'm not chasing those fish because i don't want to kill those fish i i want to enjoy catching those fish at different times of the year so Having said that, you know, it's just keeping that in mind among anglers and the angling community, so we have good fishing for years to come.
0: Your uh, your sentiment, I think, is pretty much what I've heard from—I'd say ninety-some percent of the people I've asked about this. And of course, that's the topic du jour these days. It, it's that the, you know, everybody loves technology, but at the same time, there's a lot of concern about what it might mean for the future. It's it's uh, it's kind of ambivalent. People are. Because, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. It's not going away.
1: Yeah, it's only going to improve. And, and, you know, um, I'm sure the price points are going to get uh, a little better on them. And also that technology is rapidly improving from year to year. I I can't imagine what it's going to look like in five to ten years. You're going to be able to um, most likely be able to distinguish species, size of fish, you know, I can sort of do it now, but you'll really be able to do it in the future. And, um, you know, as far as um, user friendliness on side scan and forward-facing sonar, it's going to get better and better and better as we move forward. And, you know, whether it's setting regulations or just as 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 sportsmen just being aware that, you know, we can't over-harvest fish. I mean, I, I, I can't say it enough. I family fish fry to me is a family tradition however you know we're, i'm on the water every day we're not cooking fishing i'm not keeping fish every single day i right. rarely keep fish unless we're going to cook them and and uh, you know i i think our generation is a little better about it than let's say past generations um not knocking anyone but uh, you know it's just my grandfather's generation they went out to harvest i mean they were great depression era It was put fish in the freezer, and I think our generations are more oriented towards let's go out and catch a whole bunch of fish and have a great time regardless of if we're keeping them or not. We want to have a good quality experience. And I I think right now we're in such a good spot in Minnesota when it comes to walleyes, bass, smallmouth bass, bluegills, crappies. We're seeing these um, special experimentation lakes the special regulation lakes which i'm all for um we're we're seeing the dnr being proactive on things i i want to continue that dialogue and continue that as we move forward that's the only way we're going to keep quality fishing here in minnesota
0: yeah i think one of the great things we're seeing right now tony is that uh that first maybe first and a half generation of, of, of anglers who were raised in a catch and release era now being the adults uh, or the younger, the next generation of anglers. And they're, they're all in tune to that. They're all, they're all, they've been doing that since they started fishing. And so I think we do have a really smart, savvy group of anglers who understand what's at stake here. And uh, Minnesota, I think, is probably second to none in the nation when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, my kids, for example, you know, they've grown up with us pan fishing. And my son knows, and my daughter. I mean, if they're catching nine and ten inch bluegills, they go back, and it's just normal to them. You know, that the big bluegills go back. If we catch big walleye they go back into the system. We're catch and release bass family. You know, um, you know, but they've just grown up with that. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, I, my my son, my daughter's generation, they're even more so, and and. They love just going to catch fish. I mean, uh, uh, what a kid does. not I think when, when I grew up, fishing was incredible. We had all these destinations. Um, and I would say once slot limits started getting implemented, I watched those fisheries go from really good to great really rapidly. And, uh, yeah, I just want to see that for the future. I, I, I want to make sure that... Uh, for years to come, we have great fishing I, I, I love where I live Because of the fishing and hunting And all the great things that we enjoy as, as Minnesotans
0: Absolutely, 100% Tony Roach, my guest today When we come back, we'll take a look at the fall Fishing scene, and of course, Tony's got to Do the fast five
1: Hey, I'm Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service, my back sure hurts From carrying Kev Jackson for all these years Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further.
0: Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Niflow Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Service is my guest today. And Tony, we're two weeks away from September, and that means we start thinking fall fishing, uh, which is a really good time to fish. But is there a water temp or uh, some sort of a marker for you that says, okay, now we're into the great fall bite?
1: Yeah, usually I'm at that 60 degree mark. Um, you know, once surface temps start to hit 60 and below, it's sort of game-on time period. Uh, last fall, it was really delayed, right? We mm-hmm. had really warm fall. It wasn't until mid-October where we started seeing surface temps where I would consider fall patterns. It seemed like that, you know, August really lingered into September and September lingered into October. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. We've got uh, surface temps, you know, right around 70, 71, 72, but these nighttime lows, Have really started knocking down these water temps if if you realize the last week or so here driving in the morning to the lake ever since i got back from alaska a lot of fog in the morning and that's just telling you that these water temps are going to cool down quickly uh you know it it always seems like once we get past labor day you know the, the the air temps start to cool down that water temp starts to cool down rapidly I would say about mid-september things really start gearing up towards that fall bite and not just for walleyes but i love jumbo perch fishing in the fall and it always seems like that september 15th it's sort of that threshold after that those jumbo perch start to slide in the shallows the walleyes are quickly to follow um we're we're really on the cusp you know once you get past labor day for me, August can be a little up and down sometimes, but this year just hasn't been. It's been it's been really good fishing. The one regret that I have right now is I love to fall pan fish, and uh, even late summer I love pan fishing when these fish start to pull off the weed lines and they're right on the weed edges, and you can cast to them, or you can work a weed line, and as they start to pull out, you see big numbers of bluegills, crappies, that sort of thing. I'm I've had so many walleye trips right now that I, I haven't had a chance to go pan fishing, and I would love pan fishing uh, come this time of year because, you know, the, the vegetation hasn't died off yet, but those fish start to pull off a little bit. As soon as that vegetation starts to die, there's a big momentum shift of all fish species um, off those weed lines, and that's usually when it's game on in the fall.
0: All right, Tony, before we wrap it up, uh, are you familiar with the Fast Five?
1: Uh, I, I've heard it on your show before, but you'll have.
0: Have to remind you? Yeah. We're, we just we have uh, we, we ask you five fairly quick questions and you have to respond to them so we, we get to know a little more about Tony Roach. Right on. Okay, you ready to go? I'm ready. Test five. Did I stutter? All right, question number one. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is your favorite fish to catch?
1: Oh, that, Kevin, that's a hard <laughs> question, cause, it, you know, it would have to be walleyes, that's my livelihood, uh, you know, but, uh, my, my biggest thing is, is literally, I get, I get hooked on certain techniques, so, you know, whether it's topwater smallmouth or topwater bass bite, it could be a panfish bite, it could be a, uh, a, you know, a chub bite for walleyes, it could be a throwing fly. Cl- you know, I get hooked on, on, certain techniques more so than the species because i want to i want to perfect that technique but if i had to pick one we're going with the fast five i'll have to take one
0: okay question number two what is your favorite fish to eat
1: jumbo perch yellow perch hands down
0: all right question number three and i'm sure you were quite young but what was the first fish you ever caught and how old were you
1: Oh, it had to be bluegills Um, at a very young age. I remember going out with my dad and my grandfather. My grandpa actually carved willow sticks with uh, monofilament on there and a bobber, and we'd fish right off the edges of the bulrushes and catching bluegills. We'd come back, and I remember him scaling the bluegills, and we'd have a fish fry. and That's my earliest memories of catching fish, for sure.
0: What lake would have that been?
1: That would be either pelican lake or upper mission
0: okay he, he he made he made the rods for you
1: yeah he'd take the willow sticks and uh my first fishing rod was it was not a store-bought rod they were willow sticks and we'd we'd catch bluegills with willow sticks
0: wow that's cool all right question number four hard water or soft water
1: Oh, another tough one, because I love the season changes. That's why I live in Minnesota. I love spring fishing, uh, summer fishing, fall fishing, fall hunting, and then that hunting transition into getting absolutely geeked up for ice fishing. So, oh, man. I I would have to say, all in all, probably open water just because it's a longer season. But if you took ice fishing out of the equation, I would not be the same person. (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> and finally, question number five. This one, we're veering off fishing for this one. What is your favorite movie of all time?
1: Oh, That's tough, too. I would say one of my f- top t- favorites, and it's just fresh in my mind just because I came back from Alaska, The River Runs Through It.
0: I've had a lot of people pick The River Runs Through It. That's a, that's a really good movie. Mandy urich picked that one but it's just because of brad pitt i think but anyway <laughs> well listen tony roach if uh, people want to uh, use your services to uh, catch some fish in paul bunyan country how do they get set up
1: they can give me a ring uh you can look me up on the web roachesguideservice.com i'm on facebook uh instagram tony roach fishing uh you can find me pretty easy if you google it and uh yeah any, anybody who's interested in you know, learning the newest technology, whether they want to learn a body of water, different techniques. Um, I'm all about teaching on the water. I put a lot of videos out there, as you know, and, and um, I just love fishing. So, yeah, service.com
0: Well, I got to tell you, Tony Roach was the guy. I mean, I was at the Walleye Alliance uh, banquet this spring. He got a room full of really excellent anglers, a room full of guides, and the guy everybody was listening to was Tony Roach. So you will learn if you uh, if you hire Tony Roach, he will teach you. That is for sure. Tony, it was great having you on the show. Uh, we'll have to do this again.
1: Thanks for having me, Cab. I'm a huge fan. I uh, Saturday mornings I catch it all the time as I'm driving to the lake. I love listening to uh, all the people you have on there. It's, it's great. And good luck fishing, to everybody.
0: That piece of audio will come in handy on annual review day. What a great way to kick off a great week of Pop Onion Country. We've got some great shows coming up, so be sure you check in each day this week. You won't want to miss any of them. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 and and in Brainerd Baxter, and KICK-FM in Alexandria.